The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate. Or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for taking time to join us this week on the Weekly Business Hour. My name is Rick Schistler. I'm the host of the program. I'm also a Silver Fox advisor and the founder of OneBestConsult.com. We've got a good show lined up, I think, for you today. But first, I want to start with my shirt. If you're watching the show on Facebook Live or some of the other social media sites, uh, you're watching as well as listening, you notice I have a really bright lime green shirt on. And there's a reason for that. I think one of the main challenges all of us face, whether we own a business, we work for a business, or we just have family business, so to speak, is that we've got to keep our spirits up right now, and it is extremely difficult. Uh, I've turned off the news. I know a lot of friends who have, but I think one of the things that we can do proactively to help other people is just put on some bright, happy clothes, if you will. Men and women can dress, pick out their favorite outfit, dress up a little bit, or put on a bright color, and you'll be amazed. Uh, it's a, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal this past week where people are actually dressing up to have dinner at their own homes because they're not going out. And they dress up for Sunday dinner or Saturday night or whatever. And the idea is to bring back some of that normalcy that all of us, regardless of our situation, are missing. So today it's lime green, dress up yourself. And I think you'll see a difference in the mood, not just of your own family and friends, but your customers, your employees, everyone associated with you. You will be doing something to help them. I encourage you to do it. And I want to remind you, uh, if, and if you're already not doing so, we are available on video. We're going to be live on YouTube and Facebook. Just go to those pages, look up the weekly business hour, and there's a button you click so you can watch as well as listen to the program today. And our program today is sponsored by Empower Franchise Consulting. Uh, they're a great outfit. Uh, I want to give them a personal pitch. Uh, Linda Ballastaris over there has 30 plus years of experience in business, primarily in the banking industry, loaning money and helping small businesses. And I'll tell you, if you've recently been downsized uh, or you've been thinking about opening a business, I encourage you as a business advisor, mentor, I uh, encourage people I talk to, talk to Linda, talk to her about franchising. It might be the right fit for you and she can help you determine that and determine what kind of franchise, which franchise is best for you. So I encourage you, reach out to Linda Ballastaris, and it's simple, email just to Linda at mpowerfranchiseconsulting.com or call her 
832-640-4922. That's 832-640-4922. Also, during the course of the show, if you have a question, you have a comment about the show, or you may have a question about your business, something we're not even talking about, you can drop me an email during the show or even after the show. I enjoy these emails. Real simple. One best consult at gmail.com. One best consult at gmail.com. Really enjoy hearing from you. Love to respond. I will respond personally to every email that's sent my way. Okay, without further ado, let me introduce our business guest today. Uh, we're quite, kind of going back. It's been a long time since we've had a business owner guest on the program. Uh, we've had a lot of experts. We've had uh, all kinds of uh, situational guests to come and share their story and their ideas, their energy, their expertise. But from time to time, I love to go back uh, to talking to people who actually own businesses, they share their experience. And in this case, we have Colin McKenzie. Colin is part of the McKenzie family here in Montgomery County. They own two restaurants that specialize in barbecue and burgers. Uh, and it's a great family story. Colin is second generation himself. So we talk about family dynamics and all the things that go into running that business and how the family really provides some unique advantages as far as the day-to-day -day operations of the business. So I visited with Colin recently about this booming enterprise that his family has developed right here in Montgomery County. So I encourage you, listen and hear my conversation with Colin McKenzie. Also note that this recording may be found on YouTube at the Weekly Business Hour channel after Wednesday of this week. Well, I'm here today to interview and uh, have a, a hopefully a great conversation with Colin McKenzie. He's a second generation leader, uh, vice president of the McKenzie Barbecue uh, family owned business. And uh, it's always exciting for me to talk to someone who's in a family owned business because that was my background as well. And also to get a generational view of business. Uh, I know when I work with my sons and I know when my dad worked with me or my grandfather, we all had sometimes a little different view, uh, but we got things done and made it happen. So uh, successful businesses do that, whether they're family-owned or not. So I want to introduce and welcome Colin McKenzie to the show. Hey, Rick. How are you doing today? We're doing great. Beautiful day outside. A little warm, but uh, for me. But yes, sir. Beautiful day and a great day, in my opinion, to do business right here in Montgomery County. Uh, Absolutely. Best places in the world to do business. Yes, sir. Couldn't agree more. So let's start as I like to start and ask uh, people I'm talking to and doing these interviews, uh, give us a little bit of background on your family business, your second generation. So there's been some years in business. So talk to us and tell our audience a little bit about the experience over the last 20 plus years. Yes, sir. So my parents are originally from uh, Longview, Texas, uh, where they grew up. And uh, my dad originally worked for uh, Bodacious Barbecue uh, when he was in high school. Um, he worked with, you know, him, his brother, and his sister actually all worked at Bodacious Barbecue. And uh, my aunt, still to this day, um, she ended up buying a franchise location in Longview. So she's in the barbecue business as well. Um, and then in 1992, my uncle moved to Huntsville, Texas, and he opened uh, a McKenzie's Barbecue. And in 1995, my dad was an accountant. Um, he uh, 
had decided that he wanted to, to work for himself, you know, didn't, was kind of tired of having a boss and um, thought he knew, you know, or the way he's told me the story is, you know, he thought he knew the restaurant industry. And uh, so that's kind of the direction, you know, he had his sister and his brother already in the business. So, uh, you know, they uh, decided that that's what they wanted to do. Um, at the same time, my mom was actually pregnant with me. Um, and they began their um, trek down from Longview, all, looking all over East Texas. They, you know, stopped in a bunch of different towns along the way, you know, trying to find an area um, to start a restaurant. Um, in fact, my dad still has the binder today with all the different towns and stuff they stopped in with the, the demographics and, you know, all the research they had done, which back in the day, you know, they didn't have Google to do the research for location. So this was, you know, hours and hours of hard work and research they did at each town and city they visited and eventually, you know, made their way down to Conroe and uh, decided to open a restaurant in Conroe. Um, you know, kind of the decisions that led to that, um, they were looking for a growing area. Uh, which Conrad, even at the time, they, they felt like had potential for growth. Um, they still were looking for a small town field. They didn't want to go into a big metropolitan area like Houston or anything. And like I said, my mom was uh, pregnant with me. So uh, medical, being close to, you know, a medical center was really important. And uh, she likes to shop. So the Woodlands was right around the corner. And uh, so that's how we landed in Conroe. And October 4th, 1995, we opened our Conroe location. Uh, I was six weeks old at the time, so I like to joke that I was uh, a day one employee, and I've been here, you know, since day one. Well, I'll tell you something, Matt. You, you joked that you're day one. Uh, you beat me because uh, my mother, who worked in the business, our family business, as a bookkeeper, record keeper in the beginning, I was the firstborn, and she took me to work at six weeks of age. So yeah. You beat me by six weeks. I mean, <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's funny because even being back in the business full time now, uh, you know, we, we do have a lot of regulars. We still have a lot of customers that come in that, you know, ate with us in that first or second year of business. And, you know, at the time, you know, uh, my parents were, they were hustling, you know, just to, just to, you know, make things work and, you know, make the business successes today. Um, and, and, you know, ladies would come in during lunch and pass me around the, the dining room and hold me so my mom could work the register and my dad could cut meat. So it's really funny, like just meeting people and um, talking to them and just, you know, telling, oh, I used to hold you. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just really funny. And, uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful to have grown up in the business. Well, those are wonderful stories. I know they're enriching from my own experience of that. What do you think, uh, I mean, what advantages uh, are, how did that leave you? I mean, you literally, like myself, grew up in the business. Uh, whether you worked there or not, it was probably always around you. Uh, Absolutely. Family businesses tend to do that. Uh, Absolutely. It's a, it's a restaurant or at home or wherever. How did it impact you today? I mean, where you've gotten to today? Well, I think for one, it, it instilled a, a work, you know, a strong worth it in me. Um, you know, watching my dad, you know, um, you know, grow the business. Uh, the restaurant business it can be a brutal business. It's a lot of hard work. Um, you know, I'll never forget, you know, you know, um, we originally when we opened, we were open seven days a week. Um, and then, you know, later down the road, we started closing on Sunday. So my dad could have a day off. And I'll never forget when I was little. I just assumed everyone's dad went to work six days a week. Um, and, you know, I, I later came on to find out that that was strange. And to this day, you know, my dad still gets up at three o'clock in the morning. Is that work by four, you know, you know, six days a week. Um, so, you know, I think that's for one. Um, 
you know, but I always remember, you know, you know, just being, being at the restaurant, being present, um, you know, even though my dad did work a lot, you know, he always made, you know, time to, you know, make our basketball games or my sister rode horses or my other sister does piano. So he was at all of our events always. Um, and, and, you know, that, that was always a cool thing to, you know, even though he worked on Saturdays, I just remember every Saturday in the summer or even during the school year, we would, uh, we would go up as a family and have lunch together. And to this day, um, you know, my dad and I, we have lunch together almost every day, um, you know, and so, you know, those are memories that I have. And, um, you know, I just remember, even though, you know, um, you know, he worked a lot, you know, we worked a lot, um, you know, we always worked as a family and really looking back at those memories, you know, I really did enjoy those. And I think that, you know, it's one of the reasons why in, in, in this, in the long run of things, I ended up coming back into the family business. Yeah, that's right. You weren't in the business when you decided to start your career. Talk about coming back. You mentioned that because of your experiences growing up, it drew you back. But what other factors played into you actually coming back in the family business? So uh, I went to college. I went to Louisiana Tech in Ruston, Louisiana. And, um, I, I, you know, I, every summer I'd come back, you know, starting, you know, I mean, I worked for my dad in high school, of course, and on the summers I would work. And, and then, you know, after my freshman year of college, I, you know, I came back and, you know, I'd, I'd done my first year of business classes and, you know, I learned a lot and, you know, about my dad was asking me about stuff I learned and, you know, I took a little bit more of a managerial role than just, you know, working as like a cashier or running food. Um, you know, I was definitely, you know, getting some more management experience. I got to be part of the meetings. And so that really started interesting me seeing a different side of the business that I, I hadn't seen before. Um, and then my sophomore year, that summer I came back, I mean, I was, I was really into it. I was really, you know, I was, you know, I was, you know, my dad was asking me for, you know, my opinion on things, on decisions. And that's what really got me excited. So towards the end of that summer stint, um, right before I went to college, I, I sat down and I asked him, I said, what would be your thoughts of me coming back into the family business full time after I graduate? And he says, I mean, he, he played it cool with me. And, uh, you know, he said, oh, yeah, that, that sounds good. But apparently, you know, he went home and told my mom and he was super excited. Um, so and, and, and after that, you know, going back to my junior year, you know, I knew that's what I was going to do. And that really um, that really affected my college experience from there on out because I went to class, like, you know, I, I always went to class, but I went to class with a different, you know, with a different purpose. And every day, you know, um, it, it wasn't about necessarily getting a job. It was about learning stuff to take back to the business. So I was, I, I remember I was going to classes and my professor would bring up, you know, examples or, you know, um, but, you know, we had, you know, they would field questions from us. And I had real world examples from, you know, stuff we might be dealing with at the restaurant at the time, or, you know, um, I was always thinking about the restaurant. And the funny, the funny thing about it is, is I would tell a lot of my professors that, and they, and they really enjoyed that. And they were, you know, always, I still talk to some of my professors today and they call me and ask how the restaurant's going. And uh, yeah, so it's, um, that definitely uh, steered me to, uh, to come back in the family business. You know, I, I, I my experience was the same when I went off to school wasn't I, I felt motivated to come back because I you know grew up as you did from you know at eight I went to work in the summer uh, on the line and whatnot just experience of course I stood on the stool every <laughs> right it was the experience of the people meeting and understanding different people from different backgrounds etc and it was a great education uh, and by the time I went to college 
I didn't really care about continuing formal education. I loved being in the business. And uh, there was a camaraderie, if you will, with the family. And we all worked hard. We were open six days a week. And uh, like you, and uh, it was just something I really enjoyed. And so I kind of got kicked out the door to go to school. But I tried to finish in two or three years. And my dad put up the red light and says, look, enjoy the experience. And so anyway, but I came back and interviewed with him. And he yeah. made me a formal job offer. Uh, and I'd looked at some other opportunities. So, and I was paid the prevailing wage that would have been right. my education. So I think those things are valuable. Do you find how you're treated in the business as a, as a business, uh, I don't know if you're an owner or a partner, but treated out of respect for what you do? Is that your experience and how important is that? Yeah, I think um, we have, you know, coming back, you know, that was one thing that, you know, several people had asked me that, you know, I went to school with and they, you know, they knew the situation and, you know, um, you know, coming back, I mean, we had, you know, 50 some employees at the time and, you know, coming back and, you know, all, you know, being the vice, I mean, vice president um, from that time, because that was the title that, you know, we had negotiated for myself. And um, yeah, you know, I, I, I was worried about that. And, uh, but, you know, we had, we have a lot of them, we had a lot of employees at the time that had, you know, been here a while and a lot of them had, I had worked with. So they had, you know, seen my work ethic and knew, you know, what I was capable of. And then um, one of the other things that one of my responsibilities was I did a lot of the interviewing and hiring um, and in the restaurant industry, you know, our, the staff, you know, um, turnover rate is just so high. So a lot of the staff that we had, you know, over the next six months, in my first three or six months, um, were, you know, people that I hired. Um, and so that definitely, I think, helped with, um, you know, me earning, like, the staff's respect and whatnot. And, you know, I, and, you know, my dad, he, I mean, he runs a tight ship, and everyone knew that, uh, that I was treated just like, you know, everyone else. And, uh, you know, um, so, yeah. That's important. There's no doubt about it. Well, you guys, since 1995, from all uh, indications, have had a great growth in your business. It's been a great business. You added a second location. Uh, about that experience. I mean, when, when you, my experiences have been, and I've worked with people as a mentor and advisor, that when they open that second location, it really changes the dynamics of the business. Talk about that if you don't mind. It definitely does. Yeah. Um, so uh, we opened the second location in 2009. Um, a, the original plan was to actually be a franchise store. Um, or we were going to sell it outright to someone, but we had it, we had someone that was interested. Um, you know, they had never been in the industry before they approached my dad cause they knew him and they're like, Hey, you have a successful model in Conroe. I want to, I want to do something similar out in Montgomery. Um, we can either franchise or I'll buy it outright. So, you know, okay, great. So we did the build out. Um, my parents put, you know, all the money up front, did everything. Um, and then he quit in the first week. Um, so that, uh, that changed our plans pretty quick. At the time we opened, we were just doing, uh, hamburgers, grilled chicken, chicken nuggets, chicken strips. Um, and then a few years later, we decided to bring the barbecue out there, um, and just make it, uh, the same exact concept that we have in Conroe. Um, but, uh, you know, being honest, you know, we were, um, it, it was a struggle for a few years because it, it, it's so different running, you know, to, you know, you know, we were, we were successful in Conroe and, you know, had a successful model, but then going out and doing a second location and we weren't, you know, at the time we probably weren't ready to move that fast. Um, but we did and we had to make it work and we had some managerial problems in the first, 
you know, probably half of that uh, business being open. Um, we churned through some managers and, uh, but fortunately, and the, uh, that was definitely one of my um, first um, big projects was um, we had kind of, we were headed in the right direction with that store when I got back, but it, we weren't just quite over the hump yet. So I spent a lot of time at that store. Uh, we've hired some more managers out there, done a lot of training, um, you know, uh, really, really done a, a much better job at that store. Um, so we're, and we're at the point now where, um, you know, we're spending, we're having to spend a lot less time out there um, as operators. Uh, we've got some, a good set of managers out there that, you know, help us operate and whatnot. And we're still there, you know, I still visit that store daily um, to check on things and, you know, cover a shift here and there. Um, but yeah, it, it, it definitely was a different experience and, and we did learn a lot. So uh, we've got, you know, a huge note, um, notes of, you know, saved items of stuff we learned from opening to operating a second store, um, you know, um, hiring and, and just, you know, because even like hiring out there was, def it was different than Conroe. Um, the majority of our staff out there, you know, actually we hired at our Conroe store and eventually offered them, you know, the chance to go out to Montgomery. And for whatever reason, you know, some of them decided to do that and move out to the Montgomery store. Um, but, you know, hiring in Montgomery is, is so much different than Conroe. Um, so that's presented a, you know, a challenge. Um, so yeah, but, uh, but we're very fortunate and happy that, you know, that store is on the right path. You know, we got about a minute before we need to take a break. Let me ask you, you made a comment, the, the market is different at least as far as hiring. How so is it different? I mean, uh, what kind of adjustment did you have to make in your program? Yeah, so it, it, you know, um, out in Montgomery, we get we have a lot of um, a lot of high school kids that apply. Um, so that you know, and, and their hours are are not very flexible. You know, um, a lot of them can't work till four o'clock. A lot of them don't want to stay till ten to close because they have school the next day. So you know, the hey, I only want to work four four hour shifts, and you know, I only want to work two days a week, or you know. Um, you know, hey, I've got football practice tomorrow. I can't come in. So, so that's presented itself. You know, a lot. We have a, a lot more percentage of you know um, younger applicants in Montgomery. Um, you know, also, um, you know, m with uh, Montgomery, just the demographics. It's a it's a wealthier area, so it's harder to find um, you know lower level positions, starting positions in the kitchen or even out front. Um, so, you know, manager quality out there is probably a, a little better. But, um, but, you know, just finding those starting out, you know, kitchen or front of house position, it, it, it presents a challenge just, you know, due to the demographics. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first break of the show today. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation so far with Colin and I uh, appreciate it. Just stay with us and we'll be right back. Do you want to know what's going on in Conroe? Tune in to Keeping Up With Conroe. Keeping Up With Conroe will highlight upcoming events and local businesses in the area. Keeping Up with Conroe will air the second Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. and will be hosted by the Conroe CVB staff. Keeping Up with Conroe will highlight Conroe's amazing attractions for residents and visitors. So tune in to Keeping Up with Conroe and join the staff of the Conroe CVB every month on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information about Keeping Up with Conroe and the Conroe CVB, go to visitconroe.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. 
start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler, Weekly Business Hour. We're having a conversation with a business owner, Colin McKenzie and his family. Uh, own the McKenzie Barbecue and Burger Restaurants right here in Conroe, Montgomery County. And I appreciate you staying with us. And we're going to finish that conversation now. So, again, listen and hear the completion of my conversation with Colin McKenzie. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we just took a brief break. I appreciate you staying with us. We continue our interview now. Uh, you know, Colin, it sounds like you've had an interesting background, uh, probably had all the advantages, so to speak, of coming into a family business with the, the right approach, the right opportunity, the right attitude, the right training experience. So now you've been working the business how many years? Uh, it'll be three years in March. Okay. What have you learned personally uh, after three years about where, I mean, you obviously came in with aspirations, oh, yeah. knowledge and information and uh, perspective. And so three years later, what do you think? Oh, I, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, you know, I, I've grown as a manager, for sure. That'd probably be the biggest thing. Um, you know, when I, when I graduated, you know, I'd taken all the business classes and I'd grown up in the business and I was like, oh, you know, I know how to manage people. And I, I learned real quickly that I, that I didn't know as much as I thought I did. Um, so I've definitely grown as a manager when it comes to, you know, managing, managing people, you know, um, how to speak to them, how to get the most out of, you know, every individual that's here. Um, you know, I, I've learned a lot there. Um, you know, I definitely, you know, one thing that, you know, when, when I was in college and part of the, you know, when I pitched to dad and me coming back, my thing was I wanted to grow. I wanted to add stores. Um, you know, I wanted to grow our catering business. You know, I, I just wanted to grow the business. That's what I wanted to focus on. And um, I thought I was gonna be able to move a lot quicker than, than we ended up doing. Um, and, and at first, you know, that was kind of, um, it kind of, you know, it, it put me in a bad place for, for a little bit, but, uh, but I, I learned that, you know, that was, you know, going at the right pace um, was what we needed to do. And now we're, we're positioning ourselves where we can grow. Um, but if we, but if we had, you know, if we had added that other store the first year I got back, you know, that, that would have been a, a really bad thing for us to do. Um, and, and, you know, I, I always, you know, was talking to my dad about let's grow, let's grow, let's grow. And he was like, Hey, you got to slow down. Um, and, um, so I've definitely learned, you know, how to find the right pace when growing a business. Um, and so we're, we're moving in the right direction right now. Um, so th those are the few things I've definitely learned in the, you know, three years I've been here. Well, you know, one of the major challenges I've found in any business, uh, and I've seen it in other in large business, small business is communication within the business between yeah. 
uh, employees, management, whatever group you want to talk about. How do you all effectively communicate in your business on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so, um, you know, my dad and I, we have meetings daily. Um, so that, you know, um, that definitely helps with, you know, um, you know, when, when I'm handling catering businesses, you know, I can tell them, Hey, I've got, you know, these coming up and, you know, he can make sure he gets enough cooked or ordered in, um, you know, with our managers and whatnot, uh, we have weekly meetings with all of our managers, um, you know, daily, we just, uh, implemented in the last year, uh, we use Jolt, which is an operation system and all of our like daily checklists, um, you know, operations, um, trying to think, uh, let's see. So your prep list, your cleaning list, your inventory, all that's through this operation system that we instituted a couple of years ago. In the last year, I've added a list, um, and there are some documents in there that are, you know, communicate specific things. So, you know, employee call-ins, um, you know, um, incidents, write-ups, uh, and then every manager after, at the end of their shift, they fill out this, this pretty um, detailed report on, you know, their shift. And that gets emailed to all the managers. And we've done that the last, I believe, six months now. And um, even that, that took it to a whole nother ballgame. Because when you're, when we've got two locations, we got breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Conroe. We've got lunch and dinner in Montgomery. Um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. So for me and dad to, you know, know at all times what's going on at all of our stores, no matter, you know, where we're at, uh, we can easily, you know, keep track. And, and that way it communicates, you know, to us and all the other managers involved in that store as well. Yeah, it sounds like that's a kind of a neat ability to have to look for technology and whatnot. Absolutely. Speaking of your father, I mean, I worked with my father and then I went out on my own at 30 and did my own thing, but I obviously had been trained for a number of years uh, and I still stayed connected to the business until we sold it. Um, there's obviously, there's advantages and disadvantages working with your father. Uh, for a guy and, and maybe a, a son and daughter. Uh, working with a family has advantages and disadvantages. The challenges you face working with your dad, and again, don't offer anything that you don't feel comfortable offering, uh, but what are some of the challenges and some of the real advantages you find in working with your father? Again, not so much him personally, but with the father, right? Right. So I think um, challenge-wise, you know, when I first came back from college, um, I, I, I didn't have anywhere to stay, so I moved back home. And so it was it, the first three months until I, I, so I bought a townhome. Um, that, that was probably more difficult than anything because, you know, we'd have days where we didn't maybe disagree, we disagreed on something or, you know, I made a mistake or he made a mistake or, you know, something would happen, you know. And, and then, you know, so we'd leave and then we'd see each other at home. And it was kind of, you know, like, Oh, we, you know, we didn't get our space from each other that we probably, probably needed. Um, but, you know, you know, since then, um, you know, I think that we do have, we just communicate really well. Um, and I, I think that's the, you know, um, I wouldn't say that there's really any bad days because, because we do communicate so well with each other. That's probably the only time that we've ever been, you know, frustrated or whatnot. And, um, and that's something that I've learned you know, and improved on the last few years is, you know, my communication skills, especially with him, because, you know, there'd be that time where someone calls me and says, hey, can you cater for 100 people tomorrow? And I'm like, of course, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. And then, you know, my dad rolls in at 4 a.m. and goes, hey, what's this order for 100 people at noon? You know, I didn't know anything about that. So, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, um, you know, the ways that he wants to be communicated to, um, you know, the tools he wants me to use to communicate to him. Um, 
and you know, you know, the same thing with him, uh, you know, he does a really good job communicating with me and, you know, knows how, you know, um, to reward me and, you know, let, and, you know, lets me know that I'm doing a good job or, you know, provides, you know, he, he also knows how to provide um, feedback for me that, you know, will help me grow, but isn't, um, isn't negative in a sense, you know, so many people are scared of, you know, and, you know, getting their quarterly or yearly review. Um, and, you know, my dad does that with me. And, um, you know, he always has provides feedback for me, something I can improve on, but he does it in a way that, you know, um, I, I'm like, yeah, you know, I do need to improve on that or, you know, gives me steps or, you know, helps me. How can I improve there? Um, doesn't just, you know, shut me down. And um, so, and, and that probably, you know, has to do with, um, you know, us having a relationship as a father and a son, you know, he's known me my entire life. He knows the, you know, the way to get the best out of me. Well, you know, that's, that's interesting because my experience, the one thing I walk away with, if nothing else, was I always knew that my father had my back and whatever he did, whatever he did, he was doing it for my benefit. So unlike working in another business and having a boss or somebody I reported to, and you're right. not, you know, you're, you know, you're sure, but maybe not sure. I mean, it just, it varies. Uh, but that trust factor that was something I never worried about, which opened me up to, you know, have a, a sharper focus on what was at hand, uh, because he was always going to do what was best for, uh, for me. But he also had a philosophy is the business is the business and the family is the family and the business is a member of that family. So we got to, and my decision-making over years got focused on that. And uh, it, it's very interesting. So I found it to be a, a distinct advantage to be able to work in that kind of environment. And I'm glad you have as well. well let me ask you this. Uh, in today's world, I mean, lots going on right now, right? I mean, but this past year, I mean, this year, just amazing. Um, yes. What do you find in McKenzie? What is the major challenge uh, for McKenzie Barbecue in their operations and the growth uh, currently at where you are now? Yeah, probably the, the biggest challenge for growth is just the unknown of the future. Um, you know, we, we don't know what the future holds. Um, and, you know, the, the challenges we face this year have just been, you know, all over the place from, uh, you know, the, the restaurant shutting down um, to uh, securing product, whether that be beef, pork, turkey, our paper goods. Um, you know, so we, we faced a whole, you know, you know, group of different problems this year. Um, and we've responded to each one in kind, I think, rather well. Um, so, you know, going forward, I don't, you know, see, you know, anything that would stop us from growing but ourselves. Um, so, you know, um, you know, just the unknown of the future, you know, because um, at this time, I just, I just don't know what the future holds for outside because I can only control so much. I can only control what we can control. Um, and, and that's how we like to look at things. Let me ask you that. That's, that's an interesting thought that uh, I guess the outside world from many perspectives looks a little more uncertain right now for business, individuals, whatever. Uh, do you all do anything special? I mean, you say you can't control it. I get that. That makes yeah. perfect sense. But moving into uncertainty, some people kind of pull back because they want to uh, decrease the risk they have. Uh, do you all have any special attitude or direction you're taking? to deal with the increased uncertainty? Yeah, so I, I would think, you know, um, you know, while we can't predict the future, we can learn from the past. Um, so 
for one example I'll give is, you know, um, in May, there was a huge shortage of beef due to COVID-19 and the process of shutting down. So, I mean, it was a challenge to get brisket. And in fact, you know, our supplier was, we were meeting with them daily and they're saying, hey, we can't get any for you. So, you know, my, you know, it was me, um, my mother-in-law, you know, all, all our suppliers, their families, they were hitting, we were hitting every store from, you know, Willis to the Woodlands to Montgomery, you know, buying brisket, you know, two at a time, whatever we could just to get through the next day. And the next day we would do the same thing. And we did that for like two weeks straight, um, just trying to secure products and we were selling everything. So it wasn't like we were, you know, you know, we, whatever we bought, we were selling. Um, so, you know, and, and, and since then the, the beef market, you know, the supply has gone up, so we've been okay. But, you know, recently we met with our supplier and, you know, they presented a, a possibility that, you know, due to flu season rolling around, um, you know, not, you know, people are going to start getting sick and, you know, they may not realize that it's not COVID. It may be the flu or, you know, the sniffles or whatever it is, but, you know, these large, you know, um, packers are going to treat it like it's COVID. So if a couple of people get the flu there, they're going to shut the plant down for two weeks. So we could possibly see a shortage in beef again. So we've worked with our supplier to, um, make adjustments to the amount of inventory they hold for us. So in the event that, uh, uh, you know, we do see a shortage again, we actually have um, two weeks ahead of on inventory. Uh, and, you know, I have to, you know, you know, you know, thank Gordon Food Service for doing that for us and, you know, um, looking out for our best interest. They've been a great partner doing this whole th time. Um, but that just be one example, you know, um, again, we, we don't know what the future holds, you know, the processing plants could, could, you know, that couldn't happen. And, you know, we'll have all that inventory and we'll eventually use it, of course. Um, but in the, you know, in the, in the event that it does happen, we're prepared for it. And that was just, you know, us making a decision learning from the past. Right. Well, that's, that's a great point for businesses uh, of preparing. And obviously that we've all learned something, hopefully, and made adjustments, like you say, and it's uh, the ability for your business to do that. I, and I find too many small businesses where the people are still wringing their hands, if you will. And what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And that's a lot of situations that I run into and help people to settle down a little bit and see and determine things like you talk about. So that's, that's a good piece of advice for anybody that, that listens or watches and listens to this program. Well, let's talk, uh, kind of wrap things up today. And again, thank you for your time. Okay. We're here in Montgomery County, Conroe, uh, what's your thoughts or what do you see for the future over the next three, four, five, ten years for the folks here that live and do business in Montgomery County? Well, I think the area is just going to continue to grow. Um, you know, we're growing at a crazy pace. There's new businesses popping up everywhere. Um, and, and rightfully so. This is a great place to live, a great place to play, great place to work. Um, so, you know, we look forward to, you know, just being part of that growth. Um, you know, we, we've always said that we're going to grow in Montgomery County. Um, so, you know, I, would foresee us, you know, continue to add locations in Montgomery County until we just, we just can't fit any more in here. Um, cause we, we love being in Montgomery County. We're, we're happy to be here and, uh, yeah, we just, we just really look forward to it. Well, I tend to agree with you. I think we've got a great future for business here as there are other places in the country, but it's good to be in the right place at the right time. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and thank you to you and your family for being part of Montgomery County. Uh, a lot of us, myself included, obviously uh, go by and get something to eat with you from time to time. 
Uh, I've not been in your Walden Road store before. I don't know why, but uh, but I spend some time in downtown and work with the radio station for volunteers. Hopefully, you'll connect and connect your business to our community radio station as well. And uh, deeply appreciate you being with us here today. Well, thanks, Rick, for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, we're off. Thank you so much. And uh, again, please look for that email from Nancy Walker. Yes, sir. And again, it's maybe five minutes of your time to collect whatever, you know. Yeah, of course. So we can get it, get your name out there as much as possible and connect, uh, you know, people in their mind if they haven't visited one of your stores. I, I find that almost improbable uh, as far as what I've learned. We've been here five years. Uh, I was raised in, in Houston, Harris County, and uh, always been in the Conroe area, but yeah. lived here. I can't imagine I haven't been to McKenzie's, if that makes sense. So exactly. uh, anyway, thank you again so much and the best to you and your family. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I think there's a lot of ideas and tips in there of what the McKenzie family's done, what Colin's done, what he brings to the business. And if you want to re-listen, again, it'll be available after Wednesday of this week. We post the weekly business hour show of the week on Wednesdays of each week. So you can look for that at YouTube, Facebook, uh, onebestconsult.com, and so on and so forth. A lot of places it's out there. And if you'd like to contact McKenzie's Barbecue, real simple. They can be found at www.mckenziesbarbecue.com. I encourage you, if you haven't eaten there and you live in the area, go get a barbecue sandwich or a hamburger. I love their barbecue and it's consistently been one of the voted the best barbecue in Montgomery County. Also want to mention to you that, again, if you have an idea uh, or thought about something else about the program, you got a question, uh, even a question for Colin, if you happen to have that, I'll be glad to connect you. Just send me an email at onebestconsult at gmail.com. That's onebestconsult at gmail.com. Now, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break, but before I do, I'm going to give you a little insight or a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, of what we're going to be doing in the second half of the show. Uh, first of all, I'm going to review and comment just a bit on the conversation with Colin. There's a couple points that come up in that conversation. I wanna make sure that folks are aware of, particularly those who are contemplating who are already in a family-owned business. Uh, I think they're very important. And then I'm gonna finish out the show today as I typically do with my one best consult tip of the week, why you need an expert to help you. So I hope you'll stay with us and we'll be right back. God's Garage is a 501c3 that repairs and gives away cars for free to single moms, widows, and wives of deployed military. You can help God's Garage by donating a vehicle, volunteering your time, or by monetary donation. God's Garage is located at 2106 East Davis, Conroe. If you'd like to learn more about God's Garage, visit our website at godsgarage.org. Or you can contact us and we would be glad to come and make a presentation to your group. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I again appreciate you joining us today. And at this point in the show, I want to remind you that if you'd like to sponsor 
the weekly business hour, like Linda Ballastoris has been so generous to be our sponsor these past few weeks. Uh, it's real easy. Just reach out to me. You can contact me at rick at IRLoneStar.com. That's rick at IRLoneStar.com. I'll send you some information. It's a very cost-effective way to advertise and tell the folks at Montgomery County and around the world about your business, not just during the show, but this is all recorded and kept in the archives available for replay for up to two years. So reach out to me, rick at IRLoneStar.com. Well, the first thing, as I mentioned before we went to the bottom of the hour break, that I want to do is to offer a couple of comments, if I can, on the conversation that we had with, with Colin McKenzie. Family-owned business. I mean, I grew up in a family-owned business. I was third generation, Colin's second generation. A little bit of nuance and difference there, but it's, it's really much the same. Whether you're first generation or second generation, some of the challenges change, or there are additional challenges. But one of the things that impressed me and I hopefully impressed you about Colin and talking about their business, the communication between the family, in his case, his father, his mother, and there are other family members involved, is that there just seems to be such a refreshing attitude. I, everybody comes to work. It's a restaurant business. A lot of hours are put in, a lot of challenges like most businesses during this pandemic. But everything, he, it's just such a refreshing attitude I picked up. And I think that's what one of the things, if you're gonna own a family business particularly, uh, that you've gotta work, strive, you gotta work for. Uh, because so many times in family business, it's been my experience, not personally, but uh, when I work with my clients, that there's this clashing of, of uh, personalities, whatever, ideas, uh, and, the McKinsey business, you can tell by the excitement that you hear in Colin's uh, voice that these folks are on the same page, uh, generally speaking. And again, I'm sure they have their disagreements. In fact, I think he even mentioned that. But they seem to be able to, it's just the right fit, kind of like with employer, employee, the right fit. And uh, folks sound like they've come into the business uh, with the right attitude. And I think that's so important. So if your business, your family-owned business, or you're thinking about it, make sure it's the right fit. And the person I always start with is the owner. And if they're multiple owners, they need to be the right fit for the business. Then check off the right fit for each other. Uh, the right fit with the business, that sounds silly. But let me tell you, it's one of the things I work with all the time, whether it's a family-owned or not a family-owned business. So I encourage you to check on the fit and make sure that your business is fresh and a certain degree, I hate to use the word almost harmonious, because again, this goes down, trickles down to your employees, your customers, your vendors. Uh, it's necessary, in my opinion, to be considered a really successful business. Uh, the other thing I noticed is that there's was no pressure on Colin to come into the business. Now, I was third generation, but I never felt pressure either to be involved in the business. In fact, uh, later in life, uh, when I got to about 30 years old, I went out on my own, and it was my choice. I stayed connected with the business, the family business, which had grown to be fairly large and in a lot of new areas and new businesses. Uh, it. I just wanted to be on my own. I wanted to be an entrepreneur like my grandfather who started the family business. Uh, he was a wonderful entrepreneur. And I think that's very important. So if you've got family, especially a next generation, 
don't allow yourself to put any kind of pressure, direct or indirect. And I think Colin offered a lot of insight. Uh, and he went off to college and he finished college. But while he was there, he thought about where he was. He was taking business classes and whatnot. And he came back and visited with his father about it, then went back and finished college. There didn't seem to be any pressure whatsoever. So when he came into the business, he was excited because it was his choice and he was where he wanted to be. That's important for all of us, if possible. So I encourage you with family-owned businesses, so many times I find that, that family members feel pressure uh, to be there or to stay there particularly in the, the older generation, well, I need to stay around. I need... Don't allow yourself to box your business, box yourself into that corner. And now I'm gonna take a little bit of time and I'm gonna talk about uh, my tip of the week, uh, titled, entitled, Why You Need an Expert to Help You. One of the biggest challenges I have every day is to find clients uh, and connect with individuals who own businesses who recognize that I can help them, that they really have a need. I talk to a lot of needy people, but many of them don't realize it. They don't realize that their business is stagnating, for an example, because they've kind of reached a limit in certain areas of their abilities. Uh, and I think uh, it kind of goes back to that old story about knowing when to ask for help. Uh, certain personalities can't bring themselves to admit that they need help. And this is kind of the same general thing. But look what you do when you don't ask for help, when you don't recognize that someone who has a certain expertise can come into your business and just open a door, uh, open a window, whatever. They can make everything that's on that is seems like it's against you or holding you back just kind of go away. It may take some hard work. But it's that vision. There are three things that I uh, that I see with experts. Is first of all, is everybody's got to understand everybody. Nobody's an expert at everything. There's no way that someone who starts a business or works in a business or spends a life wandering around the world is an expert in everything. And if you're really committed to growing your business and you've got ideas of where you want to take the business, where you want to exit the business then I think this, this requires that you at least have an open mind about seeking uh, help and expressing or admitting to your needs the areas that someone potentially could help you take that business where you want to go. We can't do it on our own. I've been there, done it. I've had mentors, I've had advisors all along. Uh, when I was thinking about this segment over the last few days, I remember we first started this show seven, eight years ago that I would poll our guests because we did a lot of business owners back then in the beginning, and I would poll them individually as they came and visited with us on the show about, do you have a mentor? And if you do, has it been helpful? Well, over 90% of the people that I perceived in the discussions that we had that were successful in their businesses had mentors. It almost was like having a mentor is one of the elements that you need to have, one of the items on your business plan that you need to have so that you can effectively have a successful business. So my encouragement is be aware, admit if you haven't been able to do so, 
that you have some needs. It may not be today, it may be next year, who knows, this particular time in history uh, with all of the external forces that are kind of moving in different directions. and To me, there's even more of a need, someone to help guide you, to mentor you through so that your business not only continues, but it continues to grow and again, stays on its path where you want it to go. The second thing, what a third party can bring to the table, and by a third party, I mean a consultant, advisor, the expert, the outside individual. One, obviously, fresh set of eyes. They have no ax to grind. They have no insight into your business other than what they learn when they come into the business initially. They aren't carrying a lot of baggage, if you will, related to your business. And this can be a really great revelation to someone if they bring somebody in and they start going through the business, start guiding, helping, answering questions, and then all of a sudden you're saying, gosh, I didn't see that. I never thought about that. Oh, this whole, gosh, this whole process was working, but now look how it works. The third party, fresh set of eyes, people without preconceived uh, ideas about how your business works or doesn't work, open-mindedness, and most importantly, the subject matter expertise that a third party can bring to you in a particular area that could really, really help your business. And last but not least, your business is standing still and you're wondering why. What, you know, I, I see people, uh, they just kind of lock up. Uh, they're not growing year in and year out. And if that's not where they want to be, where they have goals, they have an exit strategy down the road that requires the business to be uh, in a different place than where it is as far as revenue, profits, whatever it might be, uh, you gotta find somebody. Because obviously, whatever's going on, you haven't been able to get out of the situation to move forward. And the idea is someone can help you get on track, get back on your track the one you set out to follow, and uh, so that your goals, your goals as an owner of the business, personal and in the business, can be obtained. Um, so people can help us not make a wrong turn, and I think that's important uh, for folks to know, and they have to be willing to reach out. So my encouragement, bottom line, I allow yourself the opportunity, if you will, to keep yourself and your business moving forward to get where you want to go, not where it might go if someone is not there to guide you. Seek out some help, some advice, find the right fit with an individual or individuals who can help you bring that expertise to bear so that you and your business can move forward. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today. I deeply appreciate it, as I always do. Hope you'll make a note to join us next week, Monday at 11 a.m. We'll be right here, and we're going to have some very interesting guests, I think, to finish out this year. So I encourage you to check in with us live, 11 a.m., Monday, right here on IRLoneStar.com. Again, look for the video and podcast of the program to be published after Wednesday on the Weekly Business Hour page at IRLoneStar.com or our Facebook page uh, later in the week. And again, thank you for joining us to stay in touch with what's happening in Montgomery County and the businesses here, right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, 
my encouragement is always stay engaged and keep your focus on what's important to your business. Thanks. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.